Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League Show, Season 2, Episode 22. And my name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Geordie, we've got Sienna, uh, we've got no Tash, we've got no Mon, but um, guys, they're, they're, they're still recovering after what has been an unbelievable season for both of them. But Geordie, um, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, you know, we, we built it up, you know, we spoke about it for so many months, so many weeks, um, and it just feels like it just flew by. The NRLW... Season four is in the books. Um, yeah, talk to me a little bit about it because, um, yeah, it, it, it went super fast, that one. Yeah, that season definitely flew by. Um, luckily, we're in a position this year where we're going to be treated to a whole lot of women's rugby league and it won't be too long before we're um, talking about the season five kickoff. So, gone fast, but more to come. Sienna, that's the benefit, isn't it? Like you usually have this big competition and then we have this like massive dramatic wait, whereas now it's just football upon football. So you will not hear any complaints from us. Uh, all right, well, let's jump straight into our listener question this week. And well, we're all still buzzing off the green final. The Sydney Roosters are the NRLW season four champions, winning 16 points to four over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Our listener questions... Well, it's talking about the, the Dragons, um, and it's showing a little bit of love to them, Sienna. Who was the best player in the Dragons side? Um, beaten on the day, but who do you think was their best player? Yeah, beaten on the day, but um, there was still a lot of heart shown in the Dragons side, which was awesome to see. Um, I think Emma Tonogato um, stood out for the Dragons um, in the grand final. She ran for over 200 metres, which was awesome, and she looked dangerous from the start of that scrum play. It was a really good draw and pass, but... Unfortunately, they couldn't get the job done in the end, but she stood out to me on the losing team. Yeah, look, for me, I'm going to have to go with Tali Holmes. I, I just, it, I was so impressed with, uh, you know, the line that she was running. You know, she was she was just, you know, you could tell this was a green final performance from her. She, it, it was going to be a special day. Um, she had 11 hit-ups, went run for over 100 metres, but obviously she spent a fair bit of time on the sidelines with that HIA. So, yeah, she only sort of, you know, ended up getting 50 minutes in, and you just wonder if she was available, um, you know, for that full period of time. She should have, uh, she could have been a, a serious weapon there for the Dragons, but uh, nonetheless, I thought she was um, outstanding, made a couple of tackle breaks, and, you know, had a bit of a difficult campaign, and I, I just always love to see players overcome adversity and she looks to be a really special talent and uh, again we spoke about how much rugby league there is uh, in this calendar in 2022 I'm sure there's some really good performances ahead for her all right Geordie what's your thoughts I mean Dragons fans obviously it was a tough loss that one but um, you know fear not there, there were there were a lot of good players who, who really gave it their all in the day yeah for me um, the standout in the Dragons side was Paige McGregor I think there was a lot of commendable defensive efforts in those for that first 20 minutes when Roosters were peppering their line. She managed two fantastic tackles right at the death. Um, and obviously that almost try that a sister saved <laughs> on the opposing team. I think Paige was fantastic for the duration that she was on the field. Jordy, you know, all of these grand finals have like little narratives, you know, things you're going to remember them by, but this has got to be that McGregor on McGregor tackle. I mean, 
you know, my thought is if, if Page scores, the Dragons win the grand final, right? You, you're then out by a couple of tries. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the Keely Davis no try was was another big one. But, yeah, what's your thoughts on that one? That That's probably going to be spoken about um, at the dinner table for many, many, many years to come. I think that's huge. Glennis McGregor, the mum to both the girls, We, I know she is very much will be honing the girls at the dinner table for that one and Ray will not let Paige forget it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go for season five this year, if they're still on opposing teams or where they end up. It'll um, be very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty impressive to be that talented, but to have two uh, unbelievable athletes in one family, uh, absolutely incredible. And uh, no, I definitely agree with you. She was um, yeah very, very special on the day. But look, congratulations to the Sydney Roosters. Obviously, they've been there on grand final day a couple of times before and didn't get uh, didn't get the win, uh, but they were able to, to, to get it done this time. So Sydney Roosters champion season four of the NRLW. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. The Broncos celebrate success once more. New South Wales have won Women's State of Origin. On a great performance by the Australian Gillaroos. Champion teams do this. They find space, they find time. Loved watching her play and I think she'll take her game to another level. Yeah, and this week on the huddle, we focus in on on a particular team and who else but the champions, the Sydney Roosters. Sienna, I I guess there's so much to talk about when it comes to the Sydney Roosters and their season four campaign. It was... uh, you know, it, it was it was pretty bumpy. You know, you think about, um, you know, obviously they're, they're now in the history books. We, we've def, we finally got a champion that isn't the Brisbane Broncos, but they certainly did it did it the tough way. Talk to us about some of those those earlier performances because, um, yeah, they, they they certainly took a little bit of time to get going. Yeah, definitely. From the start, I was thinking, oh, the Roosters got such a standout um, lineup here. Surely they're going to take out the comp. But after the first couple of rounds, I was really doubting that. By the end, they unfortunately had Corbin Baxter out with COVID for a couple of rounds. And I think without her leadership, they were really um, lacking a bit of direction out there. Um, as soon as she came back, you could really see that difference um, in the Roosters lineup and um, how much direction she really does provide. Um, obviously, you've got your standouts in the Roosters in Baxter, Sergis and Kelly and McGregor, um, strong hitting forward Southwell, but um, they just really couldn't get their gel together in the first couple of rounds, but they really grew nicely as a unit throughout the season and obviously defeating the Broncos back in the semi and taking out the grand final um, last weekend was really awesome. So, yeah, big one for the Roosters. Um, It was nice to see that growth, I think. Geordie, it certainly takes character to win a premiership, to win a title, and I guess we saw a little bit of it at at the start of the season. We, we, We probably didn't know what we were sort of looking at. I mean, you know, I just don't know how teams bounce back from a loss in, in such a tight tournament. You know, in the NRLW, you lose one game and potentially that that's, you know, your your chances of, of playing the playoffs. You know, it's out the window. Roosters, obviously, um, losing uh, back-to-back at the start of the season against the Broncos and the Titans, you know, just goes to show that there, there's some pretty special leaders within that group to bounce back and, uh, yeah, go all the way. Yeah, you talk about resilience being a really important characteristic when playing sport. Um, And from a coaching perspective, to like stress the importance that premierships aren't won in round one. Um, 
I just think it's an amazing credit to those Roosters girls and the coaching staff and how resilient they were for the season and how they managed to get themselves back up after a rocky start and compete and then eventually go all the way. Sienna, we love an underdog story here at Mojo. And uh, again, you touched on the semifinals. You know, there was obviously some weird mathematical uh, calculations that had to happen for the Roosters to sneak into the finals. But, you know, they got themselves there. And Sienna, no one gave them a chance. I I think even on air, I I said, you know, is anyone going to be able to beat the Brisbane Broncos? You look at their team, they're absolutely stacked. But it just goes to show that, you know, anything's possible. And, um, yeah, they, they certainly were able to produce an historic win in the semifinals. And we'll get to the grand final in a second. But, you know, again, that semifinal performance, that, that's going to be remembered for a very long time. Yeah, I I almost thought maybe they've played their grand final a little bit too early here. I was like, oh, I don't know. That was a big win overcoming the Broncos there. But to back up that performance two weeks in a row was really, really impressive. And it's a big credit to those Roosters girls. They went out there when almost no one was backing them and they really put on a performance coming back from 16 down. So it's a really impressive win. And then to back it up the following week was even more impressive. So it's a big credit to those girls' resilience. Jordy, and again, they did it the hard way. I mean, look, you know, we're obviously we, we know the realities of the situation. The NRL W competition at this point probably can't be, uh, can't, can't be extended, you know, beyond the games at the moment. Um, you know, two competitions will be run this season, which we'll talk about another time. But Jordy, you know, again, you would just love to see the Roosters have more and more games because this is still a football team that did it the hard way you know one of you know when you think about all the teams in the competition this is the team that had the most errors they really made life hard they lost the first two games they continue to drop the football they were a little bit disjointed at times but again they just found ways to win football games yeah I think um a lot of that might come back to the fact that a bulk of those Roosters girls actually play together back in Clubland um Central Coast Roosters I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the so-called off-season, um, this awkward bridging gap now between NRL season four and five, NRLW season four and five. Um, Roosters are a team that the bulk actually play together in Clubland to see how that affects these girls in the off-season and what they can produce coming to the next will be super interesting from there. All right, Sienna, let's dive into the grand final. So the Roosters uh, create history and, and they, they get the job done against the Brisbane Broncos. To your point, you know, there, there were a lot of vibes out there in the rugby league community that the Sydney Roosters had played their grand final. They were massive underdogs coming into this game against the Dragons who had an incredible tournament. Again, how did they, how did they pull this off? And I guess, you know, thinking about that, that first half, again, I, I just think when I think about the Sydney Roosters in this championship team, I just think about adversity, you know, all the challenges that we just spoke about. And then the first half doesn't go your way. You know, you have so many opportunities. You can't get the ball across the line and you head into to the halftime sheds down. Again, Roosters, they just love finding themselves in difficult situations. Yeah, it's almost like they thrive off those difficult situations. So I thought in the first couple of minutes when St. George went over, I was like, oh, no, this isn't going to be pretty sort of thing. But really they bounced back and really showed um, that resilience that they have in their defence. And they, I heard them saying that John Strager's um, halftime was all about defence and winning field position. So obviously they really went out there with that focus and they weren't rushing to get over the line. They were really patient and they worked for that field position and used it to their advantage when they got it, which was really awesome to see. They didn't panic too early on and just got the job done in the end. 
Jordy, uh, what were your what were your third thoughts on that first half? Because you know, if if a couple of passes had gone a little bit different, you know, we could have had two or three tries heading into halftime for the Sydney Roosters. Again, really impressive that uh, that they were able to hold their composure coming out of halftime. Because yeah, it was a fr- frustrating half for the Chooks. Yeah, massively. So I think um, Ray McGregor actually in the half the Roosters did really well at building pressure. Um, you could stress that they weren't uh, they weren't stressed in scoring off every set. You could tell, you know, build pressure, stay patient, stay true to what their game plan was, and it'll pay off in the end. Um, I think there were a few missed opportunities in that first half with errors, but they definitely showed that persistence and ability to hang in there and wait for the time to strike on and execute those opportunities. Then Sienna, I guess, you know, obviously the, the script flips in that second half and we start to see some really um, impressive performances from, from some individual uh, players. You know, it, it just makes you think, you know, this is this is the championship half, this is the championship moment. You've really had some really special performances. Let's talk about a few, a few particular play, uh, players. Yasmin Meeks, um, talk to me about the way in which she went about her football because she just... She seemed like someone that was on a on a mission to win this grand final. Um, an incredible performance from Yaz. Oh, yeah, definitely. She really stood up to the challenge and really took it upon herself to do everything that she could to put the Roosters on the, the front foot. Um, her defence was incredible. Um, she was really getting up, putting that pressure on and trying to force errors at any chance that she had. And not to mention in attack, she was always there supporting, which was just really awesome to see, always looking dangerous and pushing through that line. Um, so, yeah, she was definitely one um, that stood out for the Roosters in this performance and really led that team in the second half. Geordie, throwing your coach's hat on, I mean, that's that's that has been the impressive part of the Roosters' uh, attack this year is that that shape with their second rowers. Obviously, um, you know, yeah, Yasmin Meeks was was incredible. Olivia Koenig's been really special this season as well. Uh, again, they, they, they went to it, uh, I guess, in the biggest moments in the grand final. And, um, yeah, it obviously paid off for them. Yeah, talk about repeat efforts in those forwards. Those Roosters girls again today showed that they've got a huge engine and are, are willing to do the work that are not, a lot of other forwards might not be. They were supporting, they were running off their halves, they were creating opportunities on the inside and the outside, and they were so strong and so reliant in defence. They were just, it was incredible to watch. Togatuki was a huge shout-out to her. She was just incredible, I thought set the platform for those forwards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sienna, you know, it was really impressive because you're coming up against, you know, arguably the best, you know, pack in the competition with Kezi Apps and Elsie Albert. Uh, but Sarah Togatuki, you know, she absolutely took that battle personal against Elsie Albert. You know, she probably come off probably the worst in, in, a, in a couple of tackles there. But again, you know, that second, that second half performance was special. Yeah, that was one of the most incredible performances I've seen by a forward. Never seen a forward step so well and make so many line breaks. That was just amazing. She just kept getting back up and kept pushing the line and, like, just not giving up that whole time. Elsie would give her a few good whacks and she'd be straight back up trying to push the line. So that was just awesome to see. She brought so much energy to the Roosters' defence as well. She was always there and to the attack, not to mention she was up there taking hit up after hit up. It was just an incredible performance. Yeah, you know, usually when a prop forward makes a break, uh, they <clears throat> excuse me, they make about five metres and it looks like they're running in quicksand. But uh, 
Saratoga Tuki, I mean, my God, it looked like we were, we were seeing, you know, one of the outside backs there. So, um, again, it took me a moment to sort of, you know, check the, the jersey number on the back. And anyway, really special performance there from Sarah in the biggest moments. Sienna, let, let's now talk about um, probably a little bit of a personal favourite of yours. Isn't there, um, well, they've got a couple of special centres there, but Isabel Kelly. Sienna, what's, what's really, I, I guess, interesting about sport is, you know, you can be one of the, the highest profile players in the game. You can be seen as one of the best players in your team. But in the biggest moments, are you able to step up and, and really deliver? I think what was most impressive is that this was by far Isabel's most impressive performance this season. And again, it came at the most important time for the Roosters. Yeah, she almost makes it look effortless. Like she always steps up when she needs to and just runs that footy really hard when when her team needs needs it. She was incredible in defence too. She was just shutting down play after play that um, St George were throwing at her and it was just awesome to see. Um, constantly just pushing up with her team. It was a great performance and you can't fault her. Yeah, Geordie, seven tackle breaks there for Isabel Kelly. And again, it, it's just, I guess it's her ability to say, hey, I'm not just the name. I'm not just the profile. I, I, I can do this and I can, I can, you know, do it on the biggest stage. Um, yeah, obviously talk to us a little bit about, about Isabel Kelly. Look, you know, she played well throughout the competition, but based on her standards was a little bit quiet to start, really warmed into the competition and then exploded on, on grand final day. Yeah, I think so. You talk about big game players and she is most definitely one of them. She rises to the occasion and plays to the standard of the game that she's in. I think today one of her most standout efforts was that tackle on um, ET, Amatonagato coming out the back. There was about six players on, I think it was three or four roosters and um, Isabel just picked it right off and she smoked them. She took it down with her and it was, yeah, I think that's a really special thing to be able to do in a big moment like that because, as we said, Dragon's got a few sneaky opportunities and if any of those were pulled off, we could have been looking at a different outcome to that game. Sienna, let's start talking about the skipper there in Corbin uh, Baxter because probably still um, celebrating, which is great, still partying, and she definitely deserves uh, to certainly do that. But I guess there's different leadership styles, and I can't wait to get Corbin on here at Mojo and obviously um, hear you know, her, her own experiences throughout the season. But again, different leadership styles. You know, you can be you know, screaming on the football field. You can be calm, composed. I think Corbin has a really good balance there at fullback where she's very, very vocal. She organises her team very well. But, you know, even when things weren't looking particularly good for the Roosters in the grand final, she seemed to be able to sort of, you know, stay composed and, yeah, just a really impressive leadership performance there from Corbin. Yeah, definitely. She just has an air of composure about her that you can see just from watching. She just looks so calm all the time. Um, Her positioning at fullback um, in the grand final was just incredible as well. Um, She just really, like, ensures that that composure is felt amongst the team, but I think she still leads by example, constantly taking hit-ups, constantly putting her hand up for work. Um, She's one of those leaders that really sets the tone for the team, and I think she was an instrumental part of them coming back and building throughout the season um, to get that grand final win. Yeah, that that's absolutely absolutely the case there. Impressive performance, and just goes to show why she's why she has achieved nearly everything in our game. All right, Jordy, not to bring the mood down, but we do have to call it out and talk about it. Um, you know, as we spoke about off air, injuries can be so cruel in sport, but in particular in the women's game, it obviously has pretty significant um, challenges. Um, talk to us a little bit about about Bridie's injury. Um, 
obviously yeah, our, our condolences from everyone here at Mojo. Very difficult, but um, just sh- such a shame because she's been absolutely outstanding this this year. Yeah, it's um, it was really hard to watch. Bridie's a good mate of mine, and I was so stoked for the way she's been playing this year and all the opportunities that would have come off the back of this season. Um, she's a wonderful girl, and all she wanted to do was celebrate the girls around her. Um, sending all our love to brides. I think the hardest thing is knowing this year that it is such a condensed calendar in the women's league year um, that there are going to be a few opportunities missed. And as we were talking about before, you know, the men's calendar, if you have a small injury, you're not missing a whole lot of game time. But in in the women's arena at the moment, if you've got a small niggle, you're out for a two or three weeks. That's like 80% of the women's season at the moment. So big injuries like this are horrible. Um, but that isn't to downplay, you know, the other injuries that some girls have been taken down with over the last couple of weeks. So it is a really horrible way at yeah. the moment. No, it, it's definitely awful. So, you know, it just felt like there were so many injured players out there who were fighting through it. And those, those are the ones that were visible. You know, you can imagine how many players, are, you know, they've got different things strapped, you know, what what they do to get get themselves out there. It was a very brave performance by a lot of players out there. Um, so, you know, if I know one thing about Bride is she's going to take this personal, she's going to come back. Her return is going to be something pretty special. So I think everyone needs to keep an eye out for Bridie Parker. Um, yeah, it's going to be a special comeback, that's for sure. A um, couple of other things to, I guess, highlight when it comes to the Sydney Roosters. Um, Sienna, you've probably, you know, obviously, you know, you've, you've got your coach here, but... Uh, what I want to what I want to talk to you about is is that halftime. You know what I mean? Like you you think about everything that the Roosters have gone through. You know that that massive semi final the week before. They're down four points to to nil. It just seems like they just can't find any way to score a try. You, you could have forgiven the Roosters for kind of packing it in there. Talk to us a little bit about John Strange, the coach, and what he would have had to have dealt with at that. At, you know, during halftime, it's probably one of the most important halftime speeches he's delivered in his career so far. Yeah, well, he's he did something right, that's for sure. Um, I I heard um, that he was talking about just focusing on defence and winning that field position. So I think he really put that emphasis to the girls to not push um, push passes and try and get over the line. Instead, remain patient, which is what their halves did. Um, McGregor and Tamara um, just really controlled. The game, I think, towards the end, um, they really just stayed patient and took their opportunities when they came. They didn't push for those opportunities. So I think he would have just emphasised remaining composed and just emphasised just pushing, earning the field position and taking the opportunities when they come, not trying to force an opportunity. So, yeah, whatever he said was definitely um, really good and worked really well. So, yeah. Geordie, uh, you know, it is pretty impressive what John's been able to do. Um, you know, we've spoken about how the pathways are connecting now, and, and obviously it's quite positive, but, you know, what he built there with the Central Coast Roosters in the Harvey Normans competition special, he's then been able to sort of roll that through in, into the Sydney Roosters system with a lot of um, common players. But to Sienna's point, that halftime delivery, um, calm, composed, focusing on, on defence. And I guess one of the things that the Roosters have uh, on their side is they have a lot of veterans, a lot of experienced players in that locker room. There wouldn't have been too many young players panicking. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? The importance of having experience, the importance of having leadership, and, uh, yeah, that would have been some halftime uh, speech from both coaches. Yeah, massively. Wouldn't have mind being a fly on the wall for those ones. I think 
Uh, the importance of having that experience for big game players is a super, super important thing. Um, with younger players and less experienced players in that squad, you go, you, you, it's really important not to play the game in your head before you play the game. You've got to get through the half of footy before worrying about anything else. So um, pretty blessed the Roosters were with the experience that's sitting around them and the leadership in Corbin and a few of the other girls in major key positions. So, um, yeah, it is super important. I can only imagine Corbin, as from what we can see, is very much a do-as-I-do and a do-as-I-say sort of girl. So I think Roosters are in a very fortunate position for that halftime chat. Yeah, absolutely. Sienna, obviously there's, um, you know, you win a premiership, all of your players play at a very high level, and it's definitely the case with the Sydney Roosters. You know, you talk about their halves, Racine McGregor, Zahara, uh, Tamara, was really impressed with Zahara. You know, obviously the, the kick out on the full, you know, again, in that grand final, things can get the better of you, but obviously didn't let it, didn't let that worry you. We've seen all the productions from the outside backs. Their forwards were particularly special. Last little plug, Sienna, was for their bench. I was really impressed with the Sydney Roosters bench. As soon as we got to, to finals football, you really felt like the, the the Roosters' pressure, it was just never-ending. They, they had that constant level of momentum because of, um, yeah, the players that came in off the bench. Keely Joseph, um, Jocelyn Kelleher. Um, yeah. Anyway, talk us through the, the Roosters' bench because, again, they, they may have played uh, fewer minutes, but you know ultimately they contributed to winning a championship. Yeah, I felt like in the second half, the Roosters just always looked fresh. They were using that bench really well. And I'm a big fan of Keely Joseph. I think she just brings so much to that side. She's got so much drive forward. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a really good use of the bench and it really promoted like a an energy on the field, I think. Um, it was just a constant, we've got more energy, we're going to get on the front foot here. So I think it was a good use of the bench in that um, manner. And, yeah, they all brought something new and all brought some new energy onto the field. So it was really awesome to see. And Geordie, again, with your coach's hat on, uh, goes to show with, with the the 18th player uh, in these squads need to be ready to play football because, you know, Jolie Morris, obviously not a great circumstance in terms of how she was able to play, you know, with the HIA and everything like that and coming in as that reserve player. But a, again, it, it's difficult being, being that 18th player because traditionally you'd be sitting there uh, pie in one hand, Powerade or Coke in the other, just feed up watching. But, uh, yeah, imagine imagine the uh, the excitement, the the fear, the nerves of Jolly coming in. But, again, she was outstanding coming in off the bench. Yeah, I, uh, with the coaching hat on, like we've said, I think it's super important, not just the game day A team, but those girls in that wider squad. Like we know that there's girls that uh, didn't see a game this season during NRLW, but – that whole squad, your whole squad always contributes to your the team success. So every single one of those Roosters girls should be so proud of themselves because that was something special today, this week, to pull off that win. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, final recaps. We'll just quickly go around the grounds. What was your big takeaway from the Roosters' championship performance and who was your standout player? Look, for me, I, I really felt like they they mastered the tournament play. Uh, you know, they obviously didn't play their best game in round one. They, they understood, you know, what this competition's all about. It's short, it's sharp, um, but I felt like they really warmed into it. So the Roosters played their absolute best football on ground in final day and in, and in the semi-finals and I think that's so so important and these are lessons that they can learn and take into season five um, really impressed with their leaders and their ability to kind of hold themselves accountable and just improve so um, yeah Roosters ability to play their best football at the right time of year 
very, very impressive. Look, it's difficult to pick my standout player. I thought there was quite a lot. But in terms of consistency, I can't look past Hannah Southwell. Obviously, a little bit of a local cult hero here for me, Newcastle and the Hunter as well. Um, Hannah was outstanding. Obviously, she's setting the standard when it comes to the defensive side of the game. Um, you know, people are tuning in in you know record numbers into the NRLW and the Women's Rugby League. And part of it is because of the defensive side of the ball. Some of the hits that Hannah put on this season, they're going to be in highlight reels for years and years to come. And, uh, and you know, the scary thing is there's plenty more where that came from. So I thought Hannah Southwell definitely deserved a ring. Outstanding performance um, all the way through the competition. Uh, Sienna, your takeaways from the Roosters. I mean, it doesn't get any better than winning the competition and uh, and your, your standout player. Yeah, uh, you've basically covered it all, Dan. Just their ability to grow on their past week's performance and improve and fix those errors and really build up to that grand final and build from the semi where we thought, wow, can't get much better than this and really take it a notch up in that grand final to take it to the Dragons. Um, It's really hard to separate those girls, but um, I think Racine McGregor stood up this season and really took accountability. Um, She kept the girls really calm and got them in good field position and just put that pressure on all the time. And it was always a threat there. So, yeah, she was really dangerous, especially in that grand final. Absolutely. The work she was doing with her edges, it was was silky. It was great football to watch. Um, Outstanding performance there. All right, Jordy, you get the last say on this. What's your reflections on the Sydney Roosters and your standout? Uh, reflection is that anything can happen in a season, no matter how short it is. And my best on whilst we'll acknowledge Togatuki's work and her player of the final award, I'm going to go with Leanne Tafunga. I think she's been a silent worker for the Roosters. And I think in particular in that grand final game, she was unreal. I love that, you know, and I remember her semi-final performance and a couple of others as well where, you know, you just feel like pulling the playmakers aside and be like, can we not kick to her? Like she is just <laughs> absolutely dominating uh, out of yardage and, um, yeah, very, very impressive campaign. And I guess the exciting thing about it is there there is going to be season five, which we don't have to wait too, too long for. So uh, plenty of football in between. There's state competitions that we're going to be diving into. A lot of these players are going to be going back and representing their clubs. There's a little thing called State of Origin, which we're all very passionate about as well. And then we're going to roll into that season five. So again, congratulations to the Sydney Roosters, uh, an, an incredible uh, campaign, very, very impressive. Um, yeah, winning season four of the NRLW. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, guys, let's jump into rapid fire. And the question I've got for you is our way too early predictions. We do have season five coming up towards the back end of the year. Who wins it? Sienna, going to start with you. Oh, I don't think the Dragons are going to lose two in a row. I think they'd be pretty desperate for a win after grand final loss. Um, Hopefully they're building on something special there. I'm going to go with the Dragons for season five. Yeah, I love that. I obviously got a lot of love for my man, uh, Jamie Soward and that whole crew. And 
they say you've got to lose one to win one. Not 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 sure, you know how <laughs> um, how right that is. But um, no, look, I think they'll definitely be in the race for it. That's for sure. Look for me, um, our Mojo listeners would not would expect nothing else but for me to show love to my Newcastle Knights. Of course, we're going to bounce back. Um, did get the wooden spoon um, in season four, but that's okay. New franchise, building the foundations, the ambush is coming. Um, undefeated, you know. Obviously, it's going to be an impressive campaign for the Newcastle Knights. Still fine. Analyzing what that what that squad looks like, but you know, once you put that uh, once you put that red and blue on, you're you're, you're basically invincible. So uh, Newcastle Knights got my membership. Uh, we're all ready to go. Let's uh, let's see what we can produce. Um, Jordy, obviously that was a completely biased take from myself, um, but in all seriousness, there's a, there's a lot of really really good um, good football teams that are that are uh, getting built. And you know, one of the things that we we have a little bit of an insight into is a lot of the amazingly talented players that didn't necessarily make a squad in Season 4 who will be pushing for Season 5. So, um, again, these teams are only going to get better. They sure are. I am very excited to see the player movement in between Season 4 and 5. My tip for Season 5 is going to be the Titans. I think they've got something to prove. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Again, you obviously it's going to be interesting to see where um, you know all of the squads as they get finalised. But I really feel like players like Tasman Gray really set uh, set the pace there, set a culture. Um, Steph Hancock, you know, one of Mojo's favourites um, at forty years of age. You know, one of the most dominant forwards in the competition. So um, yeah, Gold Coast Titans that they definitely gave it a good um, a good crack in season four. Only going to get better as we move into season five. All right, team. Well, that's all we've got tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support this year for the Women in League show. We're going to continue to grind this out, uh, provide content to you each and every week, how you can help continue to download the podcast. That's right. Don't just listen, download so we can see you. Uh, Please do that. And uh, as always, continue to share the podcast with family and friends. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.